you know, no one wants to grow old with regrets. It's like no one wants to be that guy. I think that's the fear that, I, that I'd run on as well. It's like, whatever, this might be a stupid idea, but I'm going for it. This is To Dare as Human, and I'm your host, Adam Connor. How do you make a conscious leap of faith away from a conventional life path and into something you're genuinely passionate about? On this show, you and I dive into stories of those who have done just that. Entrepreneurs, artists, athletes, social activists, and more. And though each journey is unique, one thing is shared in common by all. The decision to make the dare. Today, I kick off Season 3 with a dare from Down Under. Ethan is an Australian comedian and viral commentator who has amassed the attention of over 10 million followers across social media through his creation of Aussie Man Reviews. His journey to internet stardom is one of tenacity, persistence, and laughter, and it's my pleasure to be able to share that interview with you today. Just before we do that, if you're new to the show, welcome, and if you end up liking what you hear, please remember to subscribe to this show wherever you listen, and follow across social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's all at ToDareIsHuman. If you really like it, maybe leave a rating and review as well. And now, without further ado, here's my conversation with the man himself, the punchliner of Perth, portraying the bogan with brains, this is Ethan, the dynamo behind Aussie Man Reviews. All right, listeners, I'm here with, uh, this has got to be, I've been doing this for a year now, and I've got uh, the uh, largest, uh, biggest, I guess most influential person in terms of somebody that I could actually get to listen to me on this podcast that I have gotten to join me today. I'm really, really excited to bring, uh, how are we going to do this? Are we going to do, we're going to do Aussie Man Reviews, Aussie, Ethan, what do we say? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. You can call me Ethan here. That's fine. You get uh, behind the scenes Aussie man. We can call it Aussie man unplugged if you want, like acoustic. <laughs> uh, that that's gonna be the title. Hey, listeners, you're listening right now. That that's you. That's the title. You've clicked it already. That's what Aussie man unplugged. That's it. That's done. Yep. Yeah, e- you've e- seen Nirvana. <laughs> you've seen Nirvana unplugged. We've uh, we yeah. we he, he's he said don't he said pay no attention to that man behind the curtain and we've pulled the curtain. Here he is. Um, Aussie. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Ethan. Um. It's great to it's great to chat with you. And we were just we were just talking about um, you know it's it's about eleven almost nearly eleven p.m. where I am in the uh, sort of midday where you are and and uh, just just warming up. I think that's just 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 about when we're about to warm up here is about eleven p.m. But uh, it was interesting yeah. hearing immediately how how days how these days and of course we'll we'll turn the clocks back. But these days is uh, just as much the the creative process as it is just just cranking through cranking through emails and things like that. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, matching up time zones. We did well. We did. We did pretty good. We didn't. We. Am I allowed to swear here? Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Go for it. I usually ask that in advance. We did not fuck it up, which was good <laughs> uh, with our time zones. That <laughs> was very polite, classy swearing. Yeah. No. We. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, it devolves the with the twenty this. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll just get grittier and dirtier. No, uh, we did well. We did well. 11.30 p.m. where you are, 11.30 a.m. where I am, the power yeah. of the internet. Isn't it amazing? Just this, uh, yeah. these, these we dirty globalists. Um, right. <laughs> right. So Just happy to talk at any time, yeah, at any hour. Yeah, right. And hey, for this, I was going to clear my schedule. And I did, actually. I actually didn't have anything. It was funny. Uh, 11 p.m., I, I'm not normally that busy. So great. I'm glad we could do it. Yeah, nice. Usually, still just binge watching on the couch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely binge something. Uh, that is my prime time TV watching time. Actually, yeah, yeah is when that it right? gets to ten. 11. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's. Uh, I was surprised yeah, to hear that things, uh, things get a bit quieter here. Right, things get a bit quieter. Here, right. So. Um, I was surprised. I was surprised that when you when you said that, you said that. Well, yeah, most mornings are just admins just re- re- responding to emails and 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 doing things like that. Like the real, I guess, what would be the business side. And of course, none of us see that. And it's not. I mean, I assume that when most people think about you know an entertainer's life and, and things like that, especially someone who's um, you know creating things on their own and very much putting things out on their own. At least that's what we perceive. Uh, we, we'd, we'd imagine a much sort of more to, oh, you, oh yeah, you wake, wake up to fully, fully done breakfast and all that. And then, and then you, you know, walk around in your robe a bit and then you, you lay down a gold <laughs> record and it's people I think don't realize it's not really, it's not really like that once you get into the thick of it. No, no. And I don't know if there's differences between how traditional celebrities live and then, and then, you know, new age, uh, 
internet celebrities. There seems to be a, a difference in the way people define it as well. But uh, no, I, I mean it's it's pretty casual here. It is it is still for the most part a one man operation. Um, just yeah, getting up and. And uh, making the morning coffee and doing the admin, yeah, you got to clear out the inbox. You got to try to clear out a bit of uh, a few of the emails there and business opportunity, sponsorship opportunity, sift through all of that stuff, find what's worth, you know, uh, replying to and and who's good to have a conversation with, um, and then yeah, yeah, kind of get to work in the afternoon. And I am lucky in that way; I get to kind of work by myself, so I get to have. A lot of creative control and just a lot of scheduling, a lot of control on the practicalities level as well sure. with how I am going to run, run my day. Right. <laughs> what's the oddest sort of, I mean, like you must get like countless requests every day across. Like what's like some of the weirdest stuff you've seen? I don't know. I forget it pretty fast as well because I guess it does get get hectic. I, yeah, when you're, when you're running things yourself and you're using – the internet as distribution. Um, it's a good thing because you get to connect directly with people and, and build a fan base and, um, you know, you don't have that middleman or, or middle distributor or anything like that. So there's a big benefit to that. Um, but yeah, then the other thing is you, you do have to kind of keep an eye on everything. So I, I don't know. I can't, I can't say what the strangest thing is because it, it picks up and it, and it gets busier the more you, grow or the bigger your fan base gets it it gets a bit more hectic and busy and and uh you just kind of have to become comfortable with that right sure. <laughs> it's kind of just a uh organized chaos or something where it's like okay I, I can't see everything and i can't stay on top of everything but uh you know that's that's how i've chosen to operate um using using this technology and and connecting as directly to people as possible and i think i think what i'm uh, doing i think people appreciate i mean i certainly we wouldn't be we wouldn't be talking if you used that but i mean and today yeah or organized chaos to be sure but i'm curious when like i'm curious about how this all how this all kicked off i mean obviously the the organized chaos was yet to come but i mean i would (laughs) i would think that you know in the beginning and and i uh Take me through that in the very beginning. Like, when did you decide that you were just going to kick off and and do this? I mean, you call it just it was the YouTube channel or the character itself. And I know that comedy was a part of that, and it wasn't all inclusive in the content that you were producing in video and whatnot. But um, w- when did all of this start? Like, when did you get the inspiration to be to be in this world? Yeah, it was a real convergence of of experiences and opportunities that that led to me starting Aussie Man and. Aussie Man reviews, so a bit of uh, traditional filmmaking. Like I did a lot of, I studied film initially, and uh, screenwriting was my thing, and and producing and editing, and yeah, kind of going grassroots or indie, so to speak, with the inspirations of like the indie filmmakers back in the eighties and the nineties, and just go out and make things. Um, so a lot of filmmaking experience there over seven, eight years, stand up comedy. Um, so yeah, lots of different kind of live performing as well, hosting quiz nights at pubs, hosting Bogan Bingo. Uh, Bogan <laughs> Bingo. Bogan, Bogan is like redneck, I guess would be your, uh, your kind of the, the American translation of Bogan there. Uh, yeah, kind of hosting lots of different kind of live shows and I did children's theater for a while as well. Um, so there was a lot of live performing plus filmmaking experience, and then I kind of got sick of all of that after about a decade. Maybe I, I did my first stand-up comedy gig when I was 17, so I was finishing up at high school. Um, and then, yeah, filmmaking I really got into 19, 20, 21, all the way through to kind of 26, 27. So I got fed up after about 10 years. You have that feeling where it's like this this isn't paying off and this isn't going anywhere and I need to do something to – freshen it all up you still feel like you want to do something creative if if you have that inclination uh, as a creative person you're like i want to do something creative still although i kind of thought in in opposites for a while i was like, i'm gonna go do geology back at university i shall study rocks uh, <laughs> right. i shall see what that's a responsible idea i shall get a salary and an income and it is time it is time and that was 
was 27, so four years ago now, but I ended up choosing uh, internet communications at university. I did a master's degree in, in that, and I really got into studying mashups and remixes and social networks and internet communications. And so that kind of layered on top of, of the filmmaking and stand-up comedy and live performance. And so it was a real convergence. Uh, it was a lot of different experiences. You don't always know why you're doing everything, especially in creative industries. It's like, I'll say yes to that if it's working on someone else's film or you say yes to a lot of different things and, and you don't always know why you, you might get grumpy at not getting paid and whatnot, but the instinct was always that every experience should should lead to somewhere still. Like right. <laughs> if, you're open, if you're open to constantly experimenting and, and learning and, and just being playful, um, then, uh, yeah, every, every experience kind of counts, every job that you take on uh, until you, you – come up with something that just works. I don't know. In, in that way, it becomes unexplainable. By the time I got to making Aussie Man, it was like, all right, it's, it's a cool idea and I want to start with Game of Thrones reviews and and kind of remix and mash up that footage and, and voice over it um, and just and just see how that goes, see how the first one goes and then go from there. That's it. Right. That was the idea. And it was American friends who gave me the nickname Aussie Man. I've been to California five times. And I used to go for different screenwriting events every every year uh, for five years in a row. So I made some friends over there, and they would they would call me Arzy Man. Um, so so that all came together. I don't know. Yeah, I just carry things in my head, and I carry experiences and observations and lots of different things in my head. That somehow it led to this, and this resonated, and uh, from there you keep experimenting and and growing it, and right. and uh, trying to keep it fresh. Yeah. That's, that's the challenge by the time it, it gets to this stage where you've got a, an audience or a fan base. Um, right. And they're always looking for something yeah. new is so what's he going to do next? And what, where, where, you know, what, what's he going to cover? Where's he going to film? And of course that's gotten folks in hot water recently, but is, do you find that there's a pressure to just keep stepping up the game? Because like, obviously, you know, you, you, you're no stranger. <laughs> I mean, not, I mean, hopefully you're a stranger to it, but you're certainly not ignorant of like, you know, the folks today who are making their careers a, on you know whether it's social media or creating films or doing videos like this and not not entirely in your style but just videos regardless they I have seen a perceived need to continue to raise the bar and you know that that can take you into like as we've seen some pretty touchy places and I don't I don't think that uh you know I don't <laughs> at least I don't think you've planned anything like that but I mean do you feel that pressure and I mean what 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 uh how do you continue to grow out past this and I want to get back to the 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 inception of the character of Ozzy Man in a bit, but I mean, yep. how how do you feel like? I mean, what 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 are you looking to do to adapt to that sort of audience that's continually hungry for for something else? Or do you think that that's there from from the audience that you that you maintain? I think you can make that a bigger issue in your own head. I've thought about this a lot lately, and 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 you're alluding to the Logan Paul situation right. with with the suicide forest a few weeks ago, and and how far is too far, and and yeah, do you feel you need to constantly keep raising the stakes? I think you can f you can feel like that, but but sometimes you can blow it up in your own head too much, and because you're given so much data and so many analytics, like stuff that actors wouldn't see in the past they, they, they'd hear of their box office grossings and and whatnot when a movie does well but when you're kind of running everything as an on entertainer you you have access to uh yeah your subscribers your watch time your your earnings um your demographics your geographics and then from there you can probably figure out your psychographics what what the type of people are like who enjoy your things you know, you, you have this immense amount of marketing information right and 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 the numbers can can play on your mind and it's and you have likes and dislikes and and hearts and ha-has and <laughs> all the you know different emotions i've been thinking about it a lot lately especially after the, the logan paul incident sure it's been on my mind a lot and it is a it is a uh, continuous or a cyclical thing that we keep seeing is 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 kind of the social media star breakdown or you know the exhaustion or the burnout or the the bad decision making that, that leads to a backlash <laughs> i feel like we're seeing it a lot every every few months and and i'm coming into my fourth year of doing this and i think there's different levels between your 
you know, a stage that your YouTube channel or your Facebook page or, or whatever platform you use, there's, there's different stages it'll go through. It's like uh, a baby, a toddler, adolescence, and then it goes into maturity. <laughs> right. So kind of in my fourth year, I'm maybe still in adolescence a bit. You know, the YouTubers who have done it for eight, nine, ten years now are, are well into adulthood and maturity with their channels. So you, you kind of have these different growing phases and, I've been happy with the speed of my growth. I think the reason online entertainers keep thinking they've got to push the boundaries as well is because they have one video that gets a huge spike and and it's almost like a an actor being typecast or uh, having to do the same thing over or, or figure out something to surpass the last thing you did. And there's a lot of people who, who kind of their, their online entertainment careers kind of take off like that. There's a big spike and then there's the pressure to, to do that every time and to get those numbers and to get that retention with the same amount of viewers and, and uh, the same amount of engagement and uh, the same amount of love and attention or, or whatever it is. You, you want to live up to it a lot more. And I think it's worse for the people who grow a lot faster than what I do. In four years, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my growth in a way. And I don't really care too much if something tanks or if something bombs or it's not as funny as the last one because I'm more interested in, in being prolific and sticking around for a while, like, like, a, like a band that's released 30 albums, like a Pearl Jam or like a Nick Cave. Or right. <laughs> we, we have references to traditional media with this. You know, you can always kind of reference it back. It's, it's different and some people might see it as a shittier art form using the internet to be creative or some people might see it as a lower class art form and, but i don't care it's it's just you can liken it back to to other creative people in other industries and and i'm very interested in just being prolific and, and trying to stay fresh myself and enjoy it myself first and foremost sure. so in that way i kind of don't i try not to worry too much about the numbers but I can see how other people do and they want to keep raising the bar by by coming up with something that surpasses the last video um, and, and that might be to, to get more shocking or to get more violent. You, you, you start to see what works. You do, like running a YouTube for videos and, and running the Aussie Man blog with a few writers there as well that we chuck out on Facebook and you start to see what works. I mean, sex and violence sells. Again, you can relate that back to traditional industries. It it just it fucking sells. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, and it's been since the, since the dawn of time. Yeah, yeah. Sex and violence sells, and that's still exactly the same on the internet. I mean, the Logan Paul video was was violent. It was graphic, you know. Uh, and yeah, a lot of other things. A lot of other uh, social media creators might might use kind of violence and graphic or, or conflict as well, just having conflict. We've seen those genres of, of YouTube drama and things like that right. blow up in late 2015, early 2016 as well. There was a big spike in, in that kind of genre. Sure. Um, yeah, so conflict, sex, violence, uh, you, you start to know the things that that blow up and become big push-button topics as well, feminism, vaccines, Trump politics. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, there's all yeah. that. I mean, you know, right. People know they're going to get clicks for sometimes as well. And and you, I, I personally don't want to fall too much into that, that zone, you know, or I want to figure out a healthy balance. I mean, I like sexual humor as well. I've done kind of sexual humor videos with uh, the Yannette Garcia Mexican Weather, sure. Brazilian TV. So if I, can, if I can kind of get a win-win out of it, it's like, well, sexual humor is funny too. And, yeah, sex does sell, so let's see how this goes. <laughs> right. And with that, I mean – Figuring out the balances, right. the compromises. Yeah. And that and those and those being, you know, some some of the biggest hits, at least at least across YouTube where, where, I, where I initially ran into you. I mean, those, those are some of the – those are some of the best, and you know, in terms of most viewed. But it's a very it's a very well rounded view that you have, which which is, um, and I think with, with most creators nowadays, and uh, you know, e even with the you know, the likes of the Pauls and them, I mean, beyond the say whatever antics and things that happen, I mean, there are there there's real genius there in terms of like the marketing that happens, and people know what works and they stick to what works, and that sort of education about it and knowledge about it and cognizance of what is and what isn't 
Uh, it's it's refreshing to see in light of the the character that you've been able to create over these last four years, who who seems much more let's say down to earth than that. Mm. Um, when did that when did that, that that character that you that you portray or at least uh, perhaps it's um, an exaggeration of like certain features of the B- bogan I believe you're saying what when did that correct w- did that I mean where did that come from exactly uh, well <laughs> sorry as I said I was hosting uh, bogan bingo as well which is a bingo game hosted by bogans uh, so I credit that as being an influence for sure because <laughs> that was a lot of gigs that was i did that for a couple of years uh sometimes out in in countryside mine sites and things like that western australia is a big mining mining state um so kind of doing doing live bogan bingo performances out in country country towns or near mining or on mine sites a couple of them and and then around perth as well down here at sports clubs and things like that it's fun and it's raucous and it's loud and and uh it was a good gig um so that that definitely had an influence on me as well but i think i also really liked the idea of a bogan character that wasn't too much of the fall guy he can surprise you with his intelligence and and i I think that was the point of differentiation for uh my yeah my own gigs doing the bogan bingo stuff and and even what's out there in australia with with kind of bogan characters you you laugh at them and they're the fall guy and you get to think that you're better than them uh same way like like a redneck character like a i don't know joe dirt or something i don't know you you laugh at this you laugh at their stupidity and they're a bit of the fall guy. But I like the idea of, of just flipping it a bit. It's like, all right, well, yeah, no, he's a bit, he's a bit fucking bogan and um, he's a bit <laughs> rough around the edges. But he's going to surprise you a bit because he's very astute and and, um, and uh, his observations and uh, witticisms show a level of intelligence. And I think that's a fun character that I can play around with for, for quite a long time. And it's something that people have picked up on and they've mentioned it. Um, and I think some Australians definitely have as well. They're like, all right, yeah, he's doing the Bogan thing, but, but wait a second, there's, there's a level of creativity that, that pushes this character that, that just makes him seem a bit more intelligent or something, (laughs) which we haven't seen as much here. There's, there's shows where Bogans are, you you just laugh at them and they're poor. And, and that's, that's kind of it. Um, and that's, that's funny too, but, uh, there's also genuine truth in people who live in lower socioeconomic places who are still smart who are still who are still very sharp sure. and who will who will mentally be able to outmaneuver you and outsmart you and and uh and deceive you or trick you or, and and yeah the idea of of the smart bogan i probably have seen it in a couple of things there's a great character david wenham does in uh, a movie called getting getting square which i used to love when i was a teenager and he's feral he's like a junkie bogan and he's just absolutely feral but he can kind of outsmart he outsmarts a whole courtroom <laughs> in one scene oh yeah and it's like uh, what how did how we how we've all got law degrees how are we getting tricked by this guy or outsmarted because he's playing dumb um, right so the, the yeah the smart bogan kind of sticks with me and, and yeah lots of people have that that uncle or that granddad or that someone who's a fucking alcoholic but always has this very smart blunt honest things to say about the world <laughs> it's like <laughs> i love this guy he's a bit he's a bit fucking unhinged he's 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 a bit crazy and yeah, uh, yeah, right. yep he's been poor his whole life but uh you know granddad was he was spot on about that he was spot on yeah. with that particular situation <laughs> about the world so Aussie man kind of encompasses a bit of that. Uh, yeah. You could definitely kinda, uh, uh, relate that. I think uh, yeah, perfectly. I mean, you know, you mentioned it's much like what redneck might be in America. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I think that America probably not, doesn't have that like, you know, character that anybody can point to and be like, Oh, well, yeah. Like the redneck with the smart side in terms of at least, at least not that I can think of like right now. And, in, in you know, it could be across, you know, social media or mass media. I mean, they, I think they exist a bit, but like, I think here they're still more like, um, caricatured and things where I, you know, they are very much the fall guy. So that's, that's, 
that's interesting the, w the way you put it and like bringing that to light I'm hoping is something that people noticed well at least if not right away they started to notice with time but you said that I want to jump back a little bit earlier. You said that you had uh, you started with sort of one one of these videos, and you said, "Well, we'll see how it goes." And then, well, I mean, was it really much that like one and done for you? I mean, what was what was going to be your bar to like get over to say like, "All right, well, I'll give this another go." It's the responses from people. It, it's when you realize you've you've connected with people on some level, and they're like, "Wow, you've got to you've got to do more." Yeah, it's like you, you kind of you're not totally given a choice, but it's exciting as well. So. Yeah, it was it was Game of Thrones season four, episode three right. was the first video. Right. Rape, rapey McRape. Rape. <laughs> right, right, there you go. Right. Um, yeah, so I was driven by wanting to say something, wanting to make a criticism about the show, and it was like, all right, well, let's do it in this way, and and yeah, the and the format just fell into place straight away. That recap section followed by a genuine kind of critical analysis or, or review critical analysis. I use kind of ironically now with the shorter videos, right. <laughs> wildlife commentaries yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it very much was, I was, I was interested in film and TV still coming from that, that world of really studying that for six, seven, eight years. It was like, uh, that was, that was the natural piece of, of content that I would, that I would make first. Um, right. it makes perfect sense in my, in my character journey, that that would be the first thing that I would, I would make would be like a TV or movie review. And, uh, and I think it just went on the game of Thrones subreddit and, uh, Tumblr and, uh, yeah, it got like 10,000 views and, um, and enough comments of people saying, this is really good. This is well done. There's, there's a combo of, of yeah, humor yet some, some knowledge, some inf insightfulness, some something that people connected with. So sure, there were enough. That just said, yeah, you, you got to do this every week now. You got to do it next R week. Right. So, <laughs> all right, yeah, season four, episode four. Uh, it's out on Monday down here, and and by kind of Tuesday or Wednesday, I'd have it up and season episode five episode six seven eight nine ten and then fuck what do i do after right, that and then there, there you go what, what was the first and what was the first couple ideas you had me like surely you had to have that realization soon like shit if people want me to just do this and like the season's over like what, what do i mean you can't go back to like early, so like what do you do like what what was the first sort of like i guess the second the second step to the staircase there i mean what was it um, so I like the momentum. I like that people enjoyed what I was doing and, um, I can't remember. I think I was, I, the logical thought would have been to stick to TV shows. So I was, I was going to hang out for the walking dead and, and maybe the channel would just sit there for three months and, and I, and I do the walking dead, which I did do for a bit, but I cracked the shits at that show. I'm, I'm not passionate enough about it. So it just feels like, it just feels like you're phoning it in. Um, you got to, you got to give a shit. So I think it would have been May or May or June. Uh, there was ice bucket challenges and, um, Anaconda, Nicki Minaj, Anaconda. So I kind of crossed over to music. Oh, music. sure. Instant, cl instant classic. Yeah. yeah. So I played around <laughs> with a couple of different things there and, and ice bucket challenges would have been around the first one that was kind of like a viral video commentary. Um, right. Right. Which which kind of opened, that that opened a door I think going okay yeah what about just this stuff that that yeah that's vi considered viral videos on the web or now the licensing companies call it user generated content UGs sure. um, the companies that license uh, people's videos uh, by the copyright so I, I I didn't know any of that I didn't know about that ecosystem and and that all these videos were licensed and whatnot but. Uh, yeah, just starting to dabble in in viral videos through the ice bucket challenges. One kind of opened a door, and and from there, I think I realised that the one thing that holds it together is the Aussie man character and the persona. So whatever I want to kind of talk about or do, the audience usually will go with it because they are connected to that personality and and uh, and they're connected to Aussie man. So that opens up just a huge universe of, of things for me to be able to do for Aussie man reviews. It's, it's, it could be anything because the, the personality is the one immovable consistency, or that's the one thing that's, if, if you're a good marketer, you just keep hitting that selling point, I guess. So the personality is, is there and, and whatever kind of videos I want to, I want to kind of 
commentate or yeah make fun of it, it could be anything and um and that's that's a big thing just for me to tap into it's do i genuinely think i can do something funny with this just constantly be thinking about the funny and and put the comedy first because that is where the passion is to kind of wrap up with your themes of the uh of the of the web series uh people following their passions and whatnot still reminding yourself why you do something is 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 good to check in with it's like well i still love comedy and i love uh yeah i love doing that so as long as i keep putting that first even if i experiment and stray away from it by trying some other things here and there um as long as i don't stray too far and just go no i gotta get back to just doing the basics which is what's funny and uh yeah the source material is is really integral to that as well what's a funny video and and what's good to use yeah. right sure now i mean i've been breaking obviously into that into that viral video sphere uh ugc as you mentioned i mean that that it was i mean beyond obviously the the, the content that you could get on a weekly basis via <laughs> mass media and especially Talking about, you know, starting with the Ice Bucket Challenge, but then, I mean, wow, I mean, what was it, you know, because you have videos that were pretty successful going up until that first, I mean, real, real banger that, I mean, now has like, you know, that has been made synonymous with Man is the Anacasia stuff. And I mean, did you ever meet her, by the way? Have you ever met, have you ever met this person? No. Is this still somebody who's just like an object of this? <laughs> of Ozzy Man's desire. Yeah, no, that. we've never reached out to one another. No, no banter. That's too bad. No, no, I didn't. That's the thing. If, if, if something gets views and it does well, I'm happy to just leave it at that instead of do too much repeat business. I did do a sequel uh, a year later, the, the one year anniversary. <laughs> Which just made it made the title sound a bit fucking creepy. Our uh, one year anniversary, all caps lock. With right. Annette Garcia, yeah, yay! Sure. Like we're all part of the relationship. Yeah. Bit creepy, bit creepy. Um, but yeah. that, so I did make a sequel. But if something works, I kind of want to go. All right, cool. Well, then what else works? And 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 take an opposite direction. If everyone's just looking at their numbers and analytics and going, well, we need to keep repeating that then I think that's it's just a bad creative pattern to fall into, I think. Um, yeah, and I think, you t- I think you touched on it before with like sort of the other, I mean, the pitfalls of, of creation today, especially what we've seen this year is that, you know, you see that one, you see that one piece of content pop off and it's like, wow, look at all these, look at these millions and millions and it's getting shared everywhere. But, you know, it's a, yeah, I mean, it is. I, I imagine it's a trap to fall into because you could very easily cheapen, cheapen the craft into like, you know, into what you said before, sex and violence, you know, and all the time. And um, that, I guess, there's only so much that you could mine it for, I suppose. Yeah, even just for your own for your own satisfaction and, and whatnot. Like, it might be good business and, and yeah, 14 million views on, on that video is cool. It's it's had three takedowns and three reinstatements and a bunch of different copyright claims from a bunch of different places. But, yeah, it's still done good business when it is monetized. So... Every, everything is 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 kind of artistry versus commerce, I guess, or, or finding the balance between both of those. If you tip too far in one way or the other, then then it's probably not so good. Um, and what about the, the the content that's come from? I mean, like for the say the Game of Thrones or just any of these other videos that have that. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing there are there are copyrights and licenses and all that behind that. I mean. How do you, how does that how does that work? Like you you put out a commentary that is that that blows up, but it's on a you know a video that's it's either been produced by a some you know say it's HBO with Game of Thrones. Something. I mean how how does that functionally work? I mean is, I mean is that something that just is there for a branding at that point? Is it something that you're actually able to leverage towards building the business? I mean what, what does that look like? Uh, it works through sheer stubbornness and tenacity. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that if that's we leave it there. Maybe <laughs> that it's a massive tin of worms. I mean, obviously it's massive, but yeah, there was a like the creative side and the character of Aussie Man and and figuring out what the persona is. There's there's a huge part of the behind the scenes that that I guess is calculated too, and wanting to push copyright to its to its limits and antagonize it. Uh, yeah, it was part of the behind the scenes goal that could get me into trouble one day in a lawsuit for saying that, but uh, who gives a fuck? It, it, it was part, 
<laughs> it was a kind because of, I was studying remixing and mashing up, and it's like, well, this this as an art form is culturally resonating. So what do you do? Do you follow what's culturally resonating, or do you go, no, the law doesn't really allow it? Law is always behind technology. It has been with every big technological milestone, even VCR and cable TV and printing press. It's the laws catch up after. So pushing copyrights to its limits to just do what I want to do and not overthink consequences was was a big part of the behind the scenes strategizing or it's not it's not even really a goal I guess I, I mean maybe there's an end goal in that I would like to see some form of reform or something clear with with fair use and fair dealing and and uh, web media what are the laws around around web media because it's all very vague now people will just say you've infringed their copyright then uh, other youtubers and whatnot will say well no it's fair use or it's fair dealing because i've transformed it and no one is really right it's so ambiguous and it's so vague the the only way you can get a decision is to go to court and and have a judge decide but no no one is right and no one is wrong it's like well there is a level of transformation to this that can't be denied and there is a level of infringement to this. That can't be denied. So as long as each person is humble enough to go, you know what, neither of us is fucking right, but each of us has a point, why don't we just kind of come up with an informal agreement? Then you make your own agreements and, and your own laws because currently it's there's there's all the copyright laws to, are to do with, with older technology. So, yeah, it's a matter of just kind of going for it and um, – seeing how a company or a person reacts when I've used their video and yeah, I've, I've had, I've had conflicts and I've had arguments, but, um, people enjoy what I'm doing. So I'm not, I'm not going to stop. That's, that's the main thing that feeds me as well. Uh, <laughs> sure. Right. I mean, yeah, of course. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really different. Copyright is in the eye of the beholder. Like for someone like HBO, they really, they really like the fan communities and, and the content that's made online. And it does fit into their business model quite well, doing a staggered release. They want people to keep talking about it throughout the week. So online fan communities and, and virtual communities are really good for that. Why why crack down on them? And then other companies, it's they'll see it as market harm. They'll go, no, you're taking away from the views of the of the product and, and people buying the product. So it's it's market harm. Again, no one is right or wrong. It it just comes down to Every company has to have their own policy and, and put their own thought into it, and it's a big tin of worms. It's a lot of thought. Um, the knee-jerk reaction is, is just probably to have an anti-piracy department and go, that's piratical, get it taken down or, or claim it and redirect it. Right. But there's, there's a lot more going on than just that, especially culturally as well and artistically. Sure. Yeah. Well, it seems that, I mean, at least I would think, I mean, based on what has like remained up and, and what we can see today, especially with the Game of Thrones stuff, and I imagine you must have a rather decent relationship with HBO all the way up to, you know, it was great to see back from the, I mean, obviously from the beginning, the episode reviews and all that put in the commentary on, but getting to, I mean, getting to the point where you had the two-parter of interviewing all the cast members or most of the cast members, I mean, that was, what a great, like, sort of the... <laughs> of a full circle of like where, where you've been and like what that's led to. It's funny. Hey, when I was like four years ago and I'm like, you know what? I'm done with the film industry. It's, it's just exploitative. The amount of free labor, the amount of bullshit you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back deals. <laughs> so I'm fed yeah. up with this fucking industry. And then, and then I, I try to leave, <laughs> but now it's the time where the most kind of film industry people contact me, you know, like Fox, uh, yeah, Fox Roadshow, HBO. It's like, well, I, I never got contacted this much when I wanted to be a filmmaker. This is crazy. Um, so it's funny when you think, all right, I'm leaving something behind and then it, it comes full circle in a way or it's, yeah. But, I mean, I still love, obviously, I still love film and TV, so I'm still very passionate about that. And if I can dabble in both worlds, so to speak, traditional media and new media and, and kind of work peacefully or uh, merge them together a bit more in some ways, then then that is actually really satisfying. And uh, there's sure. another behind the scenes goal there as well is that is that you know traditional media, new media. Some sometimes it's like, well, what is the difference now? Like everything is digital, and yeah, the internet is a part of everything. So. Well, why are we still kind of drawing these lines or these comparisons so much, you know? It's like, 
yeah, so just kind of kind of uh, bringing them together a bit more and, and uh, yeah, working in meeting the actors was great. I don't know. It's a very, it's a very abstract what I'm trying to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Like, I mean, but, but, but it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. It's, po- it's poetic in a way, you right. know, it's like um, <laughs> the, 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 the departure from what is perceived as that traditional world for new ground only to have that traditional media via this like vehicle of promotion in new media come back and, and everything meets in the middle. And now you're in a great place where you're able to do this promotion and, and, and not only thrive in the audience of somebody who feeds on new media so much and through that is getting exposure to traditional media, but, uh, is also a way to sort of tiptoe back into it via an avenue you maybe didn't expect, but it's still something that you maybe perhaps wanted the whole time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the internet is still seeing as a, as a informal media or an, and, and, and that's a good thing in a way, cause you want it to stay pretty free and decentralized and, and democratic and all those, all those good words. Uh, yeah. It's still seen as, as informal and, and then there's the more formal industry, but the level at which they're kind of codependent on each other is, is pretty big now. It's, it's like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah it's 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 it is crazy i mean it's the thing is is the people on on the traditional media end who want to do who want to hire influencers you know all these trendy buzzwords have been created influencers disruptors uh (laughs) from their end the the people in the studios or the bigger media companies uh who want to work with influencers and, and whatnot for them to kind of see that that the industries are there's more similarities than differences now. For them to see that end too, right. I think, is really good. And uh, and it depends on on the tone of the people who contact me sometimes whether or not I'll take something on. I mean, I got to like it. I, I love Game of Thrones, so it's easy. Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, I really like that. So it's a it's an easy decision yep. to go to Weta Digital and and make some content around that. But mm-hmm. you still got to kind of be a bit cynical and a bit uh cautious because some people do just want to use you you know and and they're just like it's a marketing it's another marketing spot we just want to get access to the audience and and you're going to flog this for us and 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 that's it and it's like well why don't we both push ourselves to kind of come up with something that's a little more creative um that's better for marketing as well you know i like i did study marketing as well when i did this internet communications <laughs> master's degree and marketing was always something you'd avoid when you're doing when you're 20 21 22 and you start making kind of indie grassroots balls to the wall films it's like nah we just the idea is good and people will like it because the idea is good uh, <laughs> marketing right. i don't want to do a marketing plan to get funding piss off um, <laughs> right and then you slowly realize like well, well you yeah, got to think about marketing yeah yeah right i really started to <laughs> right. enjoy it like I, I started to enjoy marketing and and i think when marketers can push themselves instead of just thinking we want to hit these numbers. We want to get out to these people's. Here's, here's the budget we can spend. If you push yourself to get a bit more creative with it, you can come up with something that's really good. It's good for the brands and it's entertaining. And yeah, so I really like to push marketers. I'm like, all right, well, what's the vision for this? Let's let's talk creatively for a bit because it's obvious. I've I've got a audience you want to reach 18 to 35 males. It's done. That's obvious, but. Uh, yeah, let, let's let's try to come up with something that we both feel good about as well. Right. And speaking of sort of uh, what you're looking to partner with new folks on now, or what's what's coming next? I, I mean, uh, this is this is the Ozzyman Unplugged, but I'm uh, I'm curious as to what what may be on what might be on the books, what might be able to see, you know, what might be see in the couple months, you know, uh, in the first couple months at 18 here for for the channel and for for the character and for you. It's really hard to say. It's really hard. I think I, I uh, just do want to keep it fresh and, and keep it funny. And, and every week is different. And I feed off the audience a lot. What people submit and send me, there's there's a ton of videos in the Facebook inbox every five minutes. <laughs> so just kind of right. continuing to listen to people and listen to your audience and and uh, feed off of that. I think is is really good. Um, so yeah, I just I try to keep it fresh, more wildlife, more more sport, uh, probably some more film and TV. I've I've got a peaceful relationship now with UFC. That was a bit 
crazy when I first used their footage and, and there were copyright takedowns and whatnot and we we both yelled at each other. But, uh, yeah, so they're giving me a bit more footage to work with here and there and and uh, I do want to have a peaceful relationship because I do like the MMA stuff as well and the audience loves it. So, yeah, a bit more UFC. Sure. They're doing their first event in Perth next month. Um, so I'll do some, some UFC content as well. Uh, That's great. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll see what else comes up. Um, and just what, what appeals to me and what, what I enjoy. Uh, but that's it. Just yes, keep seeing where it goes. I'm kind of a passenger to it in a way. It's a weird balance of being a passenger to it and going, well, no, what is my goal and my ambition and what do I want to go and do? And sometimes I'm like, I should do a more longer TV show. I should write a treatment or an outline and, and go and pitch that. I get a burst of inspiration to do that. And then it's like, nah, right. I'm kind of happy just <laughs> kind of distributing <laughs> yeah, all online yeah. and, and just doing the silly shit if it's a one minute commentary and I get that done. Uh, yeah, sure. and I get a few of those done each week. There's a, there's a good stability routine mm. to that, but still a good freshness and creativity to it as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Well, I, we, I know we've been, we've been a little bit. I want to ask uh, really two more things, and this is a bit more standard for what I ask most people, but this, this podcast, when people listen to on the show, I think, you know, the, the audience that I tend to go after and, and really the genesis of this whole show for me was, uh, the, the idea of folks sort of leaving what may, they may see as a more traditional life path and, and, and diving into it. Maybe it's a creative passion. Maybe it's a passion and, you know, uh, somewhere out of the creatives, but Solid. whatever it is, maybe, and, a, maybe someone wants to study rocks. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a, there's a budding there's a budding geologist out there, <laughs> right? But you know, and and so I always I always ask the folks who I've been to come on, you know, here, like, what if, say, you know, of somebody who's just like teetering on the edge of like they they don't know whether to actually do it, and they just they don't know whether to say fuck it and just jump, and uh, I, you know, I've had friends who do that, but most, including myself, from time to time, have just sort of sat back and not just because there's less risk, obviously. And that, as you said before, like, yes, the, the salary is life for me and like all that. But what would you, I mean, have you been in that situation before where somebody's come to you for, for advice like that? And, and if they haven't and say it's a potential situation, what would you say to a person like that who was just looking to, you know, looking for that fire under them? And well, maybe the fire's already there, but maybe a push over the cliff. What would you say? Yeah. I mean, you got to go for it. You, you got to go for it. Um, I've always, I've always thought that I've always thought just, just go for what you're, what you're passionate about and what you enjoy and the rest should fall into place later. It's, it's a very, uh, impractical thought. It's, it's not a thought that parents enjoy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, no, not at all. I really like this and I got to give it a go. And so you, you just got to do it. I mean, you got, you got to go for it. And, um, but then it's also being, smart and not being delusional about where you're at either and going all right that hasn't worked no one's telling me to my face <laughs> but this hasn't worked out and uh, I don't think it is very good and and get, get get the knowledge from it that you can you know yeah you do learn something even if you go for go for it and fail if you follow your passion and you still it's frustrating and it drives you a bit nuts and, and you get to a point where you hit a wall and go, no, 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 I need to, I need to take a sidestep or try something else. So yeah, get whatever experience you can out of it, but then don't just sure. keep doing the same thing, <laughs> I guess. Stay open to experimentation and, and playfulness and, and yeah, figure out your own kind of path as well. I don't think any one path is the same when, when people follow their passion and then, and then kind of get there and, and, and achieve a bunch of things they want to achieve. And yeah, it's not, it's not the same for anyone. So you still got to figure out your own path and, and do it through a, do it through just fucking going for it. But also, like, right. no, no, I've messed up. Uh, I'm getting deluded about this now. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to try something else. Right. You've got to learn to keep I'm it throwing out a lot of things as well. Like, yeah, whether they're screenplays and movie ideas, and all of this stuff. There's a right. lot I've, I've thrown out. In a way, it's not thrown out. Yeah, you do still carry it in your head. So remember that idea I had back in 2009? I can use that now, and it's 2021. So, yeah, yeah. experiment. <laughs> You're right, sure. Throw things out, but don't throw things out. All very, I'll go very abstract on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, no we've, what we've done is we've just <laughs> – Yeah, it's different for everyone. I think it's yeah, wide, wide, wide ranging, uh, universally helpful. So yeah, <laughs> my, my fear was always that I didn't want to, 
you know, no one wants to grow old with regrets. It's like, well, I don't want to be doing something and go, you know what? I should have had a crack at filmmaking back when I was 18. I could have gone so Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to be that guy. I think that's the fear that, I, that I'd run on as well. It's like, whatever, this might be a stupid idea, but I'm going for it. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just to save any form of Definitely. regret or bitterness in old age. <laughs> for me, sure. logically, that was an important thing. I don't know if that's something similar for other people. But if you want to save yourself on regret and bitterness and being a jaded old fucker, then. Yeah, definitely. Um, right. Well, uh, Ethan, it was great. It's been great talking to you through this. And li- listeners, I-, I assume that you've 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 heard and seen Ethan's content before, but it's, it's everywhere at Aussie man reviews, Aussie And you've just released a book in the last couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Aussie man's mad world. So it's pretty meta. It's like Aussie man reviewing Aussie man for the last few years. Well, if you, uh, if you have, a, a an appetite listeners to, to read as well as to watch and to listen, I, I encourage you to pick that up. I'll, I'll link that all in the show notes and across when I make, uh, when I make the post on this, which, uh, will be in the coming weeks, uh, Ethan, when we post this. And, um, I, I guess it's, it's been great. It's been great to chat. It's been good to, uh, to good, to good to get unplugged a little bit, see a bit of the background and, um, just overall pleasure to talk. So thanks so much for coming on and, uh, great to see what you got coming up next. Yeah, no, no worries, mate. Fuck yes, Adam. Fuck yes. Aussie Man Reviews. It's the same handle wherever you look and always good for a few laughs. Ethan, thanks so much again for coming on the show. It was a real treat as a follow-on from my teaser episode back in December. As I mentioned before, if you liked this episode and want to hear more, please do remember to subscribe and follow across social media. And if you're so inclined, leave a rating and review. Let me know what you think. I'll be back next week with another dare to showcase as part of what should be a fantastic season three. Thanks to all who have supported to date, and I look forward to what's to come. Once again, I've been Adam Connor. This is To Dare is Human, and you'll hear from me again next time.